Well, well. Well, well, well. So today Chandler and I are jumping on because I potentially am going to be out of town next week. So we decided, you know, what better evergreen content to Mm pre-record than some commentary on the Cuts article, How to Behave, from New York Magazine. Yes, yes. Um, When these... When this dropped, um, yeah. it took the world by storm. And people everywhere you know, were reposting. People couldn't add it to their stories fast enough. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, and really, there are a lot of edicts sent down in this article that I'm not sure I totally agree with um, or appreciate, essentially, now having to try to live up to. Mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. think that we should discuss, you know, things that we thought were noteworthy, you know, lessons on decorum from right. New York magazine that we thought yep. either we could learn from or maybe we took umbrage with and a totally. few of our own rules, perhaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please. Okay. So I'm going to start with the first Chandler, which is, so according to New York magazine, they say, don't voice your allergies onto a dinner party. This is their descriptor. Once I gave a dinner party with my ex, who was a fantastic cook. He created a five-course menu and made the pasta by hand. Then a famous designer, I won't say who, showed up with a blender filled with ingredients for his own meal. He was on some very restricted diet. If I was on a very restricted diet or if I were gluten-free or vegan or anything, I would not say a word to my host. At a dinner party, it's about what the host wants to do. Just pick out what you can, Mm. then eat when you get home. Okay. Well, what's funny is that they said the word allergies, which feels like more life-threatening than a mm-hmm. diet. You know, if you have a peanut allergy, you can ask the host not to cook Thai food. <laughs> well, or you can just say you have a peanut allergy. My personal feeling yeah. is that the state of having an allergy is mm. so ambiguous. It can right. be anything from pasta or br- carbohydrates that make me bloated. Yeah, like no shit. They give everyone inflammation and they disrupt everyone's gut microbiome um, right. because they're delicious and we eat too many of them. So there's that end of the spectrum to sure, I sure. carry an EpiPen with me at all times, lest an avocado pass my lips imperceptibly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like yeah. it is this gulf that I feel like there's a big issue with people in the middle trying to pretend that their preferences are actual, you know, life-threatening allergies. Sure, what do you sure. Think? Yeah. No, I agree. I think, you know, I my one of my best friends is allergic to peanuts. It's very serious. Um, and, you know, that that's, that is a situation. That is a health condition. And, you know, I think there's a difference between that and, you know, I get kind of farty when I eat ice cream. Join the club. <laughs> Exactly. It's like our host is making us some handmade penna lobster situation. We are all going to leave here feeling like total shit. Like we need to become catatonic because we've eaten so much and it's so heavy. And that's the point. Yeah. Like we're not supposed to leave feeling better. This is not Eat to Live by Joel Furman. This is not like this is food as deliciousness. Um, Right. So anyway, this is a major pet peeve of mine because I feel or like, I think, yeah, if if the host asks, hey, are there any allergies I should be aware of? Great. Then I think you can say, hey, I'm trying to eat healthy. You know, I've done that before. I've been like when I have friends who have dinner parties or whatever and they want, you know, feedback on what type of menu to, you know, I have no problem saying, oh, I'm trying to eat healthier these days mm-hmm. or like giving preferences when, you know, the floor is open to me. It's when the floor is not open to you or when the meal has already been cooked that the time has right. passed. The time has passed and it's time to just push food around your plate, um, you know, and seem like you're eating and then, you know, carry out your own smoothing making in the privacy of your own kitchen. Right. You know, right. Do not bring a Vitamix to a dinner party, people. It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like, where were these people raised? Actually, this um, feels like something you would have done. Oh, I mean, I can tell you a story. So as a woman who's in her youth went on many a diet, there was one time when my high school friends and I went out to dinner at South Coast Plaza. And of course, I was on a raw food diet. But being, I've probably told a story before, but you know, we're we're out of new stories, everyone. So we're just gonna have to listen to the old ones. Um, Being being classy enough, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm not going to go to dinner or I can't, I'm not, can't eat any of the food. I'm going to go 
when the waiter asks, what the, so the waiter goes around and asks what I'd like. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'll just take a plate. People look at me quizzically, but we just kind of go from there. <laughs> I'm like 19 or maybe 17 because I was in high school. Anyway, uh, our meals arrive. I was given a plate. I surreptitiously, you know, as discreetly as I can, pull out two bananas. <laughs> You're such a drug. From my purse. You're on. Lauren, the fact that you have made it this far and you still have close friends, you pull out a banana. I don't actually know this story. I've never heard this. You've never told this before. Oh, Somehow, really? There, yes. I've never heard this. Two bananas. I pulled out two bananas to eat. Not just one. Actually, two, the image of two bananas on a plate is even more strange. So bizarre. Because I was on a like Tilda diet. Swinton. I feel like Tilda Swinton would do something like this. Like just like a little bit chaotic and unhinged. Super chaotic, super unhinged. Um, anyway, yes, Chandler, when I was 19 and had no no understanding of things, certain things make people uncomfortable, um, yes, I would have done that. But no, I think I have a little bit better manners now. It actually reminds me of a another situation. So Kagan and I were invited to a dinner party about a year ago. And, you know, the hostess had killed herself to make a stunning meal, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not only that, but she had killed herself to also provide alternative options for one of the guests who was a friend wow. of ours, who was a vegetarian. Um, and so, you know, she made these gorgeous burgers for everyone, but then she was like, oh, here you go, X, you know, X person. I'm not going to say their name. I'm not going to blast them. But um, he, she was like, here you go. I made these vegetables for you. And mm-hmm, she sets mm-hmm. out, you know, there's like two trays full of vegetables. Gorgeous. To which this person responds. Your worst nightmare. Oh, I'm actually not eating. I'm not hungry. I actually know who you're talking about. So I personally am like yeah. floored, right? Yeah. Like this is yeah. everything our mother raised us not to do. Right, like be right. gracious, you know, be thankful, like be you know, if, if the host makes you dinner, eat the dinner, you know, gobble that, right. gobble it up with joy as you should right. when someone makes you a delicious meal. Um, so anyway, so then I leave with Kagan thinking, well, now let me, let me at least, I got to get this out of my system. Like I got to talk about how awkward that was and how that was just not acceptable. To which Kagan does not even like delight me in I, what I think should be a shared pleasure between <laughs> right. two partners, which is discussing right. the people you've just hung out with. Yeah. Um, no, I, <laughs> that should be I one can't. of your roles. <laughs> that is literally, literally the, your duty as someone's husband mm-hmm. or wife. It yeah. is to talk Those about everyone uns- who was just at the party. Unspoken vows. Yes. At which point he's like, I don't think it's rude to not eat if you're not hungry. Oh my anyway. gosh. Anyway. Anyway, I, we've actually closed the loop you know, on this. I this fully what, laughed about it with our friend, but it is to this day what, I shudder when I think about tail. I shudder as well. And what bugs me sometimes about men is how how apt they are to give other people the benefit of the doubt. Well, this is what I said. I said, "Okay, really? You think that's okay? Next <laughs> time we go to something where it's, you know, one of your people, it's a dinner party for your friends, I'm going to say I'm not eating when the host Get, you know, hands me my plate or whatever. And let's see how right. that goes down. Totally. Let's see how much Let you think know. it's no biggie then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Kagan's literally like five feet away from me right now <laughs> on the couch. Uh, but this is, this is actually maybe why our relationship has gone as far as we can. He literally is not even reacting. It's like he's fully able to tune me out. It's a miracle. Anyway. Okay. Those were two that I had wanted to make a note on Chandler. Give us some I of love yours. It. Okay. Uh, we're going to switch over to dating. Um, oh, great. Okay. This rule, I felt like I felt like our opinion um, was very seen with this rule, okay? Mm. Our previously stated opinion. Um, and this rule is it's okay to ghost after the first date. Uh, you and I have talked about ghosting. I love that, that uh, New York Mag is pro-ghosting. And I'm going to even take it a step further, quite, actually quite a few steps further, and say that it is okay to ghost up until the fifth date. Um, the, I think the fifth date is excessive. I'm going to say up until the, like after the third date, you can still ghost third date. So you're up to third, I'm up to fifth. Post post that that what? Someone just needs to be a state of the union. A text. Okay. 
I don't think you need to hold a pref- press conference, but I do think acknowledging that you're not interested is the polite thing to do. Just feel like if okay, someone's like- gone out with you five times. This is like one of the few times I, you're an, like, I'm a nicer person than you on this podcast. So let's just, I just all feel like that for a second. Everyone's going on dates all the time. I just think maybe if the fourth date is maybe, you know, a little bit nicer, but I think that it is just par for the course. And also I'm just a person who would rather be ghosted, I think, than be told, you know, uh, I actually don't like you that much. Well, this brings me to a story I have, which is that I actually think ghosting is the polite thing to do. Um, and that's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, I, I was once on a, I think it was a second date and the guy walked me up to the door. I was living at home with mom and dad. I think I was like 21 and he walked me to the door and then he looked at me and I had, I had made a new resolution at this time to be very forthright if I was no longer interested. So I, he said something to the tune of like, oh, you know, I'd love to see you again, et cetera, et cetera. And I looked him in the eye and I said, I've had a great time with you, but I don't oh feel a romantic connection. See, that's like, what ensued, that's devastating. Horrible, awkward, like strange couple seconds yeah, of exchange as we hurriedly said goodbye. And I like went inside as terrible. quickly as possible. Like, I got humiliated the guy. Yes. But I was, but I had heard so many complaints of like girls not being upfront enough and kind of stringing guys along. And the ghosting was maybe a little more negative then. And so I was mm. like, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to put in a good word for women and I want to be upfront. But it, it actually ended up being, I think, much more cruel. You know, for once in your goddamn life, you put in a good word for women. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just been, uh, I, I've been bringing stories- us down ever since, so... The stories that you have managed to tell within the first 10 minutes of this episode that I didn't did not know either of those, like, ugh. I'm honestly he, glad. He t- I, I've slept a lot easier. He took me to Sun-Dried Tomato in San Clemente. This was, is a restaurant in Talega. Yeah. Or um, just meal. He told me about his sword collection. Um, I remember yeah. he had, like, some sort of samurai sword that was very valuable that he um, was very proud of. He was very into relics perhaps mm-hmm, Asian mm-hmm. relics. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Um, that's all I remember of that. It was like almost 10, over 10 years ago. Okay. Um, okay. well I have some rules. So I, do you want to hear some of my original rules or you want to keep going on the, uh, you know, the rules that we agree with or disagree with? Let's, let's just kind of zig and zag Chandler. Let's keep people Great. on their toes. I want to hear an original yeah. rule. Okay. Here's one of my original rules. Don't ask people on zoom. Where are you? Um, this is what I'm going to say. It's like saying ever how much since, money is in your bank account. Literally. And also ever since, you know, the 2020 incident, everyone is vacationing at all times and also trying Absolutely. to work at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, let's stop this culture. Let's stop cancel culture. And, you know, let's stop canceling other people or calling them out on Zoom for not being, you know, in their tiny little workspace at home, just, you know, in front of their computer typing oh, away. Because they see that the background does not match what they're used yes. to seeing. Yes. That's what I'm, that's what I'm referencing. Um, you probably would have known this more if you were still in corporate America. <laughs> but yes, like if the, it, I've just had this happen and I've seen this happen, you know, and everyone's well-intentioned, I believe. But, you know, it's like if your background radically changes and, you know, yeah. if if it looks like Fiji behind you, everyone's like, where are you? You know, it's just I like, let's all think- just let's just give each other, you know, let's just it's honor code, honor Saying, policy, where whatever. Are you, you might as well say in a big meeting, were you able to review the presentation over the weekend right. before mm-hmm, we're here today? Mm-hmm. Right. The CEO of the it's- company. It's, it's another way of, yes, it's another way of asking, how dedicated are you to this job? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's another way of asking, are you on vacation? Are you actually working? Right, are right. Are actually providing right. the value that, Whoa, our sal- that the salary is paying out? It's like, okay, fighting words, fighting questions. Your background, I'm so jealous. Where are you? <laughs> that's literally a, that's oh. like saying that like, you're a fucking lazy ass and mm-hmm. I, I don't respect you and you have honestly no future at this company. Anytime someone ever does that to you next, tell me their name. I'm going to create a fake Glassdoor account under their name <laughs> and start writing shit about them, their manager, about the company, Perfect. about Meta. Um, Perfect. Wow. Yeah. I, I love this. Say- Threats over the air. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, I'm going to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, first and last name that way that, that when that person, their Google alert will immediately alert them. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I Lauren. have a role. Um, okay. Let's hear it. You're welcome. Always happy to be vind- vindictive Chandler for mm-hmm. you. Okay. So my, one of my rules is do not ever use the phrase. It's not to my taste when qualifying a compliment about someone's new home. So I find that. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> what is, are you associating with like people on like soap operas? Like who is using this type of language? I'm just not. Like, <laughs> is this directed at one person like, in particular? It's like the, the, it's so fucking it's obscure. Like the most specific role. It's like <laughs> I have some friend I had a conversation with last Literally. week. And your friend like, is. It sounds like some like bitchy realtor like wronged you or something when looking at your or like appraising your home. (laughs) It's almost like my rules. Like if you're in a restaurant with me in San Juan last weekend and you don't like my fucking house, why don't you just say it to my face? (laughs) No, no, no. This is not. Okay. This is not. This is actually a very, this is a blanket rule because I do feel like this is. This is something people do a lot, which is whenever okay. there's like people will be talking about someone who has some multi-million dollar home or gorgeous sure. car or something really great. And then they'll be like, it's not my taste exactly, but mm. I think it's really nice. And it'll be like, yeah, no it's a shit, backhanded Brenda, thing. you have $30 in your it's- bank account. You don't, you, don't even have the, you don't even have the opportunity to figure out what your taste would be <laughs> if you could have a $10 million home in the Alps. It's, so it's hilarious because I... I know I've actually probably said this. I'm like, it's not super me, you know, but like, I'm so happy for them. It's It's like someone who just like can afford something I fully can't afford. (laughs) You know, I I wouldn't, it's actually not really my taste to like be rich or like have money. Like that's just actually not really me. Like I just wouldn't want that. (laughs) I mean, it's not how I would do it. It's not how I choose to spend my money, you know, like money doesn't equal taste. Ever heard of that? But you know, I'm so happy for her and that she's happy. Look, like, there's nothing more off. satisfying as, you know, as a renter uh, than saying money doesn't equal taste after being in someone's oh, very nice sh- apartment. A hundred percent. Absolutely. It's like, well, very you know, nice. money doesn't equal taste. <laughs> How you like pe- some people sleep at night is with that phrase. It's like embroidered <laughs> on a cushion. It's just like, as I like unless, uh, you're not allowed to say that unless you could also purchase it. Is my role. Yes. Oh, I love that. I, yep. 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 Yeah. It's, Otherwise, just say it's wow, beautiful. Lauren, everyone is being put in their place, including myself. I mean, no, including myself, because I know I have done this. And I just think it's like, it might be true, like in the alternate universe where I could also yeah. live in a $20 million house or whatever, $10 million house, like, sure, I might appoint it somewhat differently. But do I need to qualify my thoughts with that? No. Right. No, you don't. My compliments at that. No, let's just all be positive. I love. That's a great rule. Uh, That was a (laughs) journey. Thank you for taking us on it. Um, I'll do what I can. Okay, here's another one. This is from the you know NY Mag list. Don't browbeat people into playing a game. I first of all, I wrote just next to this full stop because (laughs) I could not agree more. Could not agree more. I hate mm. I hate being at a party where I'm forced to do an activity that I don't want to do. All I want to do is like have a little drink, ch- chat with some friends. Like I do yeah. not like being forced into any type of activity uh, ever. See, I used to – my old boss at Stance, um, he was very into games. And, yeah. and I had fun do- playing them. And so this is when Kagan and I were first dating – and so I remember we threw a Thanksgiving party and I decided that we should all play werewolves. And what? this was, yeah, it was like, this, like, this is like this party like where you, it's like murder. No, it's like, oh. you know, it's like that party. It's like that like, party game where it's like, who's the werewolf? Who's the murderer? You know, mm, like you all sure, draw like numbers mafia or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like mafia. Anyway, it's a variation on that game. So I remember I like browbeat everyone into playing it because I was like, sure, it was going to be so much fun. And Kagan was like like, mortified. That was not the culture of his friend group to do like organized games. So totally, you know, and people find their people. I think, you know, everyone who wants to be playing board games at parties like are having those parties. It's just like if you're, you know, if you're inviting mixed company over, don't force them to play a game. Okay. 
Um, I've recently, you know, had to make this clear to groups of friends of mine that they do listen to this podcast that, you mm. know, I don't like a certain game that we've played, you know, on some of our vacations and, you know, we have mended fences. Everyone was really respectful mm. of my taste and my preferences with, you know, when it comes to board games and, you know, it's been, it's, you know, we've been closer since that. And because of that, our friendship is stronger. I'm creating a rule on the spot. Okay. okay. Right now, because I think in, in reaction to this, the game, the the ask of a game might mean that um, you, the party's a little low energy. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm gonna have a new new rule, which is perk up, Buttercup. Okay, have something mm-hmm. to fucking say. Right. Um, have some a thought about a current event. Have a question. Okay. Yep. If you're in a group of 10 people and everyone is at brunch, do not let more than four seconds hang in the air before someone breaks it with a stimulating piece of information mm-hmm. or a thought. I think sometimes mm-hmm. people are too relaxed, even, you know, especially amongst friends. And we need to remember, we're here to entertain each other. We're not just here to take up space. Wow. Wow. <laughs> someone honestly like give this woman a podium and a platform she's amazing it's <laughs> true like, though it is it the is, perfect episode for you it is just the case in social situations you're not yeah. just there to eat the pie prepared to you by the host you're there to dance a little jig to sing a little tune to right. be entertaining to provide to- a moment of relief honestly i could not agree more and I do think, though, as someone who doesn't let silence ever basically happen, <laughs> yeah. um, I have had to release myself a little bit from the court jester role because mm-hmm. I will leave certain social situations where no one talks utterly exhausted because I feel like I'm doing, you know, jumping jacks and somersaults right. to doing keep all the work. this conversation going. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, it's definitely a curse I think we were raised with because our our mother was always very concerned with I think all of us behaving well in social situations. Right, right. And now I extend that same judgment to those I'm surrounded by. Um, The same standards. Yes, honestly. But I I think it's something, I think it's actually part of your personality not to relinquish because I just think that there's something about being aware of a social environment and like how things are going. And if maybe the the energy needs to be picked up and maybe like this needs to get more fun. Someone's yeah. put a lot of effort into this party. Maybe right. okay. You know that's, what I mean? Honestly, that's the that's the curse that I feel like I have. It's like if someone's throwing a party, I feel extremely like attached oh, yeah. to their emotional state at the time. Are they oh, having same. a good time? Is everyone having a good time? Are people reacting enough to the, the stuff that they've prepared for us? Is like, this as fun as they wanted it to be? Right, right. Like, am are people leaving too soon? Like, who's are, are enough people there? It's honestly mm-hmm. a nightmare. I, I need feel to like be mom medicated, I think. Told us a story growing up about like going to a birthday party and like literally no one showed up. And I just feel like it almost like for her friend. And I think it like scarred all of us so much. And mom was just like always so like put it on us that like it is your job as a guest. Literally. To make yes, sure yes. that the event is going well. And I yep. do think, Chandler, if maybe that if if everyone felt that way, you know what they say, many hands make a light load. It's true. It's true. And honestly, that's Something I take issue with is people who are far too comfortable letting other people, you know, do all the, you know, the conversationalist yeah. work. I My friend Drea is a great conversationalist and I've learned a lot from her because she asks a lot of good questions, mm, you know, yeah. like, like, uh, you know, just like and from a range of, you know, like more serious ones to more playful ones. And I think that that makes, you know, you a great dinner guest and a great friend. And you know what? Sometimes... I, I think that it's not even just about being polite. It's also make, about making it fun for yourself, too, if maybe oh, things are taking a more sleepy turn. But anyway, we're beleaguering this okay. point yeah. too long. Let's move along. I have another another uh, party-related rule. Great. This is from LSD's list. Uh, Lauren she's Santo like, Domingo, the fashion Lauren lady. Lauren Santo Domingo, yes. So her rule was never ask people to take their shoes off in your home. Um, I'm just going to say... This is one of the more out of touch rules for me because living in New York, which I know she does, like clearly she has someone who mops her floors every single day. I do not. Um, I'm not interested in swiffering on a daily basis, even a weekly basis. So, yes, everyone's going to be taking off their shoes when they come into my home. 
I also think that even if you are mopping and all that, it's just gross. Like It is gross. I don't want – I am a no-shoes no home, so I guess LSD is never coming to our condo in Puerto Rico. Never. But honestly – never coming to my apartment. <laughs> but like I I just – I'm totally against that rule. I, I remember – at a dinner party I was asked to remove my shoes I it definitely ruined the outfit the entire like structure of my look was changed and not for the better because I had to remove my my beautiful strappy bedazzled heels but I did Mm -hmm. so and you know what and if someone's clean home they don't want all the crap from the outside ground tracked in especially if you live in a big city where there's literally poop everywhere I'm sorry that's my feeling if you don't want to remove your shoes bring booties Oh my gosh, this is a great Deb story. This We were not even planning on half of these stories, but everyone should know that our mother has small baskets with booties, white booties, um, at the at the uh, bottom of every doorway, uh, ready for any any guests who might enter, any workmen she might have or workwomen. Um, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's a rule of hers because our mom is also insistent about shoes in the house. And honestly... Like, it is a good rule. You don't want people who have been walking through, like, who knows where they have been. You don't want, you do not want them tracking that in. So um, I am fully on board with this rule. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I've got another original rule. You ready? Okay. Or no. Yeah. You go. Okay. Well, no. I'll. Yeah. I'll go. So one of the rules in this article is disperse, don't clump the superstars at the table. So the, then the person expounds and never, ever make a superstar, whether they're famous or just extremely charismatic, face a wall. They always face the room. They must be allowed to sparkle. What? I once saw a very famous actor facing a wall at a dinner party. He didn't say anything to me, but I think he was upset and I've often thought about it. Um, so someone um, commented and they said, I don't get all the advice around famous people or celebrities. I've lived in LA for 20 plus years and I've only ever met one celebrity in a casual social setting. I don't need a half dozen rules about how to interact with them. Literally, this is why people are saying these rules are out of touch because like, there's a whole <laughs> section on what to do when you have celebrities over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, thank God, you know, like, someone's waiting in on these situations. I know. Now I know what to do. Left it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so funny i mean and especially when you're faced with the problem chandler of whether to disperse or clump the superstars what not just you, stars what but superstars right right disperse okay. don't clump the superstars like, at the table well now I you love know new york mag but yeah oh classic new york mag um okay ready for another one yes ready um this one is i think could get us some heat but I think mm. we should talk about it with, you know, and, and be open hearted. Are you ready? No dog- an open heart and open mind. No dogs in grocery stores or restaurants. I, you know, am a person who thinks dogs are very cute. I do not have a dog because I am allergic. Oh, but gosh. in New York, dogs are everywhere indoors. Oh, really? And this is something that does bother me. And I have a lot of friends with wonderful dogs and I think their dogs are so sweet and I do have love for them. But that being said, living in New York, I, it has shown me another world of dog owners who just bring their dogs into these very, very cramped spaces that are already like brimming with people and, you know, random shit. And then there are, you know, dogs everywhere. So you, when you, when we sat down to record this podcast today, did you think I'd like to get as many one stars, one star reviews as possible? I honestly, I don't even know if we should leave this in because I just know it's going to, I like, I think I'm alienating half of my friends right now when I talk about this. And this is what, you know, this is what I'm worried about. Frankly. I remember I once went to dinner with some friends in Nashville and this is the only time I've ever been in Nashville. We were stopping through on a long drive. And anyway, um, they brought their dog and then they had the dog got like water. Like they, the server brought out water under mm-hmm. the table. And I just remember the dog like made this huge mess under the table with the water. And it just seemed like, I, I don't Was know. Was this indoors just, like, or outdoors? Indoors. Mm. And yeah, that's to me, a little bit bizarre. Like, not good manners, right? I have no problem with dogs like with people who are dining outside having their dogs with them that doesn't bother me it's really just the indoor factor where i'm like 
you know, this is I, I like expect dogs to be around when I'm outside and I like enjoy it. It's just that when I'm like in a crowded bodega or like today when I went to the grocery store and I couldn't even get by because like, you know, not only is like a person taking up space, but then they have like this little perimeter where their like dog is attached to them. And a lot of times it's like bigger dogs, too. And I also just think that it's maybe a little bit gross. Like dogs have germs like, you know, they don't always like wipe their butts. And I just don't know if I want them in my grocery stores or inside restaurants. Yeah, I think that it's a totally fair rule. I think that if you're in a position where you can order, you know, with a roof over your head and emotional support martini, you don't need your emotional support animal. There we go. Yeah. I mean, I literally, I feel like we're going to get canceled for this. And I just want, you know, anyone who's listening who knows me and has a dog to know that I love them and I'm obsessed with them. And this is coming from a place of love and compassion um, and me speaking my truth. I mean, knowing the kind of people we are, though, if we ever did get dogs, we probably would turn into those people who like bring them everywhere. Oh, for sure. Like, aren't for you sure. so happy to see Buster? I know. Well, Buster. Major D. Also, aren't, aren't you going to get a dog? Don't you want a dog? I want a dog, but Kagan put the ca- the caboose on it. Why? Um, I think he just thinks I don't know what I'm getting myself into. It's too long. Like it's too I huge. I think it would be really good for you. A lot. I mean, I agree. It would be good for me, especially my likability. But um, yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's it's like you're some politician. <laughs> Get this girl a dog. It would be good for my approval ratings. But Kagan is putting saying no. So here we are. Okay, we'll wow. stay a cal- okay. a callous animal afraid bish for now. Um. Okay, Lauren. Do you have another yeah. rule or do you want me to go? I have a rule that I'd like to review with you because I think it vindicates me. Ready? Mm-hmm. In defense of Lauren Bledsoe, this rule should be called. It's okay to email, text, or DM anyone at any hour. This is what the pers- the writer says. There's nothing worse than being woken up at 2.30 a.m. with a dumb text or a Slack notification. So why did you do that to yourself? Phones and computers have great tools now to manage your time away, including setting working hours, muting types of notifications. We're responsible for which flashing lights and noises we let into our lives. Because of that, anyone should feel free to text a friend or message a coworker at any hour. We can't successfully move into the future unless we recognize that the onus is on the receiver not mm. the sender. <sighs> As we all know, it is one of my toxic traits, especially when I was wedding planning, to text an email whenever the hour struck, usually my anxiety at 2 a.m. Um, so anyway, I felt like that vindicated me. If Apple had a feature where we could schedule texts, I would happily use it, but it doesn't. So yeah. here we are. I wish that you would text me not until it's like 8.30 in the morning. But I'm an hour ahead of about, you. About business-related things. I'm an hour ahead of you. So that means I have to wait till 9.30. I've been up for two and a half hours. Sorry. I'm, That's, I'm I do wish you would abide you. by that rule. I wish you would abide by that. Um, You're always I, on do not disturb anyway. I just assume you'll see it when you get up. Yeah, but still, it's like even knowing that I have a task from you or that I have some outstanding question I need to answer. It's always doesn't like, allow me when, to rest. Do you want, when do you want to record? Well, That's I, usually the question. I, I don't even want to think about that question. I just want to rest. Okay, well, great. <laughs> don't look at your text messages then. Well, Turn that's really notifications. hard. That's really hard. Well, that's really hard for me. Yourself, Chandler. The onus is on you, according to I our think, New York Magazine writer. I agree. This is one reason why I really do love having a work phone. Um, I think if you don't have a separate phone for your work dealings. Uh, this rule is very hard and it is, it's like, well, I just, I want to turn my brain off to work, but I don't want to turn my brain off to like texting my friends, you know? Um, so it is nice because I I can fully turn off my pings and just like not look at them all weekend because they're on a separate phone, but a lot of people don't have that luxury. So I don't know. I'm kind of like wishy-washy on this rule. Uh, well, I, I just think that making other people wait to text you when they think that you're going to find it amenable. Like, why do we have to carry that burden? Well, it you know just what depends. I mean? It's too it many times so to juggle. I have a is. lot of international friends in oh, a lot gosh, of different places. Um, how am I supposed to even know what time zone most people are on that I'm texting, that I'm cavorting with, that I'm it doing just, business like with? If you're, if you're sending them something funny that they can look at at their, you know, at their own time, at their own leisure, that's fine. I can get a text like that, you know, around the clock. But if it's a text like, hey, give me a call, like, I don't want to get that from you in the middle of the mm. night or early well, yeah, in the morning, duh. unless it's obviously, like, you know, obviously. Just, I feel like there should be some caveats with this rule. 
Um, um, by the way, okay. that was a joke, you guys. I do not have many international friends. Like Chandler's basically my only friend. So that was a joke. It's not true. And you actually do have a lot of international friends. <laughs> well, really? Do I? Chandler, keep going. Yeah, but there um, are people at your wedding. I feel like that we're international. I was trying to be, I mean, I, I'm just trying to be more likable. Okay. Can you help me on that, in that quest? Okay. You're right, Lauren. You're right. I am your only friend. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Next rule. Yeah. Okay. So here's a rule I have, Chandler. This is rules for tipping. And this is my personal policy that I abide by at all times, because okay. I think that right now we're in a position where we're asked to tip for everything on this planet. I will be shocked if I make my tax payment and like there isn't some like square thing that pops up where I can tip the IRS 25%. (laughs) Um, Anyway, here's my rule. If I am expected in the establishment I am paying in to bust my own table, that means bring my plate up to a certain designated area or to remove my coffee cup from the table and put it in the trash. If I am expected to clean up after myself in an environment, then there are no required tips. I am purchasing mm, goods. Sure. I can tip if I would like to, but it's not required. If I'm in a cafe, a place where it's expected that I will leave the porcelain mug on the counter, a tip I believe is required. But other than that, a tip is like, except for example, so, this is why you tip for a cocktail. You leave the glass on the table. You don't bring it back mm-hmm. to the dish. Someone has sure, to facilitate sure. that. But if I'm yeah. getting a latte, it's actually, I think, just a nice thing to tip. It's not required. See, I remember us always tipping, though, a dollar when we go through Coffee Pod. Yeah, that's because we wanted Her the drink. goodwill of specific baristas who would be surly with us if we didn't. That's true. Remember that? That's true. We were honestly being threatened. We were under yeah, siege. Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah we, we were like hostages to that tip yeah. line. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, I love this rule. I Lisa think this is, is what I'm talking about. And I guarantee you she's not listening to this no, podcast. What was, what was the guy's name? What was the guy's name? Oh, I forget his name. He was but the They he were was both so surly. surly. Oh yeah. 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 Um anyway. Wait, okay. Uh I I like this rule. I like this approach. I also agree that the tipping has completely gotten out of hand. Um I also is, can I, I just get into on I actually have like a whole speech about this. But uh, okay, you can go sure. and I'll get my speech. Well, I just think there are like there are places where I regularly see the person and they regularly, you know, like remember me or I just, I, you know, I just think there are, I'm not quite as, there's not like a hard and fast rule for me, but I certainly do not tip everywhere I go. Like that's not a restaurant, no. I guess. Like I always tip at a restaurant, but in terms yeah, of like staff, casual stuff, like here's one thing. I'm not tipping at Starbucks ever. Sorry. Yeah. And okay. This is, this is what I think. I think that if that is not the job of the consumer to make a job uh, worth more than it actually is to the marketplace, right? So, like, if the job, yeah, as it's on the like a the delivery, as, it's it, the as if your job is not making you enough money, it's not because people aren't tipping enough; it's because it's just simply not making enough money. And I just and like again, if you're a server, I agree. I've been a server. You live on tips. Everyone should tip twenty percent minimum. I am totally on board with that. But like there are certain jobs jobs in the economy right now which I think are propped up by basically guilting the consumer into you know into paying more and I just wish that instead these things costed more and we just ate, we didn't have to deal with the analysis paralysis. I have a actually a question for your scenario. So yeah. you but you still tip with like delivery stuff, right? Like those jobs I I'm like I'm always got a tip. Like, yes, very I t- well. I definitely tip with them, but I wish that they just costed more because I yeah. think that I don't want to have yeah. to be like, do I do $5? Do I do 25, 20%? Right. Do I do 18%? Right. I don't want to have to make that. Like, why doesn't Uber Eats just make it what it costs to be a viable mm-hmm. business? I agree. You know? I would rather certain things be more expensive and just you didn't have the like the option to tip. Don't and give me honestly, the option. It's like, yeah. Like literally at Cafe Rio, I feel like they like ask you to tip when you're like picking up takeout there. It's right. just like what? Um, and also a lot of these places don't even give the tips to like the it's not like it's going directly to that person. Uh it's like it's like another way I feel like for the company to like at, to make money. Well, it's for the way for the company to pay their employees less and then put it on the consumer to pay their employees, mm-hmm. where I just feel like just pay the employee and then 
figure out a business model that makes it profitable. You know, don't, you know, bake it into the cost. Right. And I'll, I'll Make deal with the consequences. Like, I think yeah. I would rather my coffee cost, like, okay, if my, if right now, like if I go get a cold brew from my favorite place, it's a large cold brew is about f- $5. So then once I mm-hmm. tip, it's around $6. Like, mm-hmm. I think I would feel better if like the, I guess like, I don't know what, if the coffee costs five five fifty flat or something, you know, but I just have to tip. The decision is annoying. It's stressful. Right. Well, and especially, yeah, when the person's like right in front of you flipping the screen over to you. Yes, exactly. Um, this it's is coercion. So. Right. Anyway. Um, okay. okay. I've got another rule. Okay. okay. Don't tell people they look like other people. I could mm. not agree with this more. Uh, I think that the only exception to this rule is if you are saying the person the unless the person you are referencing is certifiably hot like mm. truly truly hot that's the only time when i want to hear that i look like someone like this person they better have a contract with the forbes it, yeah they better be like img better be trying to steal them right, um right absolutely 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 i remember someone messaged me this was in my early 20s that i looked like someone he saw in a illicit video I proceeded to find the video, of course, because I needed to figure out who I looked like. And then I proceeded to ask him to verify that I was definitely prettier than this person. (laughs) It is literally like the rudest thing you can do. It's terrible. It's not really a friend. It's it's just some guy. It's also, it's just like no better. You know, like just don't be a bonehead. Like think it through a little bit more and just don't tell someone they look like someone else unless that person is extremely hot. Like, like society has agreed that this person is hot. Like, unless it's like, you look like Margot yes. Robbie, you know? Yes. Great. Exactly. I'll take it. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to have a rule that goes along with this, which is that never, never, ever tell someone that they don't look their age. Um, I personally think that this is something that starts happening to basically probably everyone at some point or another. And I just think that the the undercurrent of that is it's not a good thing to look how old you are. Mm. And it doesn't matter if you're 24 or 45 or however old you are. No one wants to hear about the fact that looking however old they are would be a negative thing. Like, right. it's and just I like not- that. And so don't tell someone that they don't, oh, well, you, and, don't, you don't look that. Like, okay, It well, really perpetuates this. It just perpetuates the idea that like all age is bad. All aging is bad. Yes. Like getting older in yeah. any way is bad. And it's mm-hmm. just like, don't, I just hate that. I hate right, that. Right. And I think just tell someone this don't, just don't even comment. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, um yeah. Okay. I, I have a name. I, oh. It's almost like commenting on someone's body or weight loss. It's just not yeah. this time. Just you don't, know what I mean? Just don't act like you don't notice those things. It's yeah, human to exactly. notice those things. Just don't people just don't, don't want to be notice. observed in that exactly. way. Yes. Yes. You can I think you can give someone specific com- compliments like, oh, you have such beautiful skin. Um sure. you know, or can you give a specific like I, compliment about someone's body. No, I don't think so. Beautiful, you have a beautiful. Like, ass. I remember, I, I told <laughs> no. I remember, I told this. I mean, you can tell that to me. You can give me compliments <laughs> to my body as much as possible, but I really okay. don't think a lot of people want them. Like, yeah. I remember I was on this trip with this girl, and I was like, "You're just so gorgeous." I was like, "Your body, you're just like so athletic," and I could just tell she didn't want to hear it. And anyway, yeah. I just think that it's like not of our time. No, I agree. I, I think, like, also. Yeah, just 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 find something else, you know, to say to that person. And I think skin is a great compliment. If you want to tell someone they're beautiful or like you want to give someone a more specific compliment, I think skin is a great way to go. Right. Or I think you can always tell someone your hair. You're, like, you're so ripped. It's incredible. Or like you're so totally. in shape. I'm so jealous. Yeah, like you, right. you're so healthy. But I just I just yeah. think that any compliments like you're so skinny or Oh yeah. I mean, and yeah. you're curvy, just, even like I no, you have great curves. Just, I no one will yeah. no, no, yeah. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. That being said, Lauren, okay. you do have a beautiful ass. Thank you. Yeah, except unless you're talking to me, in which case I will take any and all compliments. <laughs> except please don't tell um, me I don't look how old I am, which is my least favorite thing here. Uh, okay. Another question. Our, okay, uh, another OG rule for me, or original rule, I should say. Okay. 
Uh, it's perfectly okay to say I am low energy as an excuse for declining plans. Um, I think that, you know, at times when you need to decline plans and you just really aren't feeling up to it, you want to come up with some elaborate excuse. I was exposed Mm. to COVID four days ago, you know, Mm. now, you know, my dog ate my homework, (laughs) yada, yada, yada. Um, I just think it's okay. I was exposed to COVID four days ago. (laughs) I think Exhibiting no symptoms. Yeah. And I appreciate people being forthright and saying, I'm feeling a little low energy. I actually had a friend use this excuse and I was like, I want to use that more because I feel like it's like appropriate. It's not like, hey, I need all this attention, but it's just like, hey, I just don't think I'm going to be as much fun tonight because I'm feeling a little low energy. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, is this plans you're canceling on or is it plans that you are declining in the moment? I think if you're like, dec- declining plans. I, I, I'm definitely someone who can- feels pressure. Not to canceling. S- not like bailing or flaking necessarily. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, that's that's a whole other can of worms. I am a little bit more flaky and, you know, it's something I'm working on. But I, I do think if you need to decline plans and you feel compelled, like you don't want to decline them or you want to come up with some like type of elaborate lie or white lie, I think it's okay to say I'm feeling low energy. I think that's totally fine. I think it, I think that's totally fine if this is the first time the plans have been brought to your attention. If... Mm. These are plans that you have already committed to and made, and a restaurant reservation is secured. Then just texting that you're feeling low energy, it's buck up buttercup, in my opinion. You've already committed. Someone has already already planned their night around it. They're looking forward to it. So Oh, totally. I mean, like, I don't think it's it's a terror. If you're gonna flake on someone, make up the COVID excuse. Like, you know, be smart. Um Uh, I honestly I just think that people are too soft. They give themselves too much leeway these days and I don't believe in all the canceling that people do. Anyway, those like are my fighting words. I th- yeah, I just think that... You're literally the first person to be like, I don't want to record. I'm in a bad mood. That's... Okay, but that's, <laughs> that's so true. But that is also <laughs> not social... That's not plans on my social calendar. And that actually yeah, also doesn't sure. happen that often. It's not like that No, I know. I'm just saying I'm you are... You also give in... To, Mm, you also give into your moods, <laughs> you know, or you're like, you're, the way that you, I, the day is subject to change your energy levels. It's true. But I, but when it comes to my social things that I've committed to, I very rarely will not feel like going and bail. Very rarely. So well, maybe you're just, you know, having more, yeah, fun plans than I am, I guess. No, I actually, I, I really don't like that much says the girl who was like, I am pretty flaky like five minutes ago. Oh, I just like, um, it's something I've actually, I think I've gotten a lot better about doing, you know. Okay. I have a rule Chandler. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. This is not specific at all to me. I actually swear it's not. Um, Cause this was a rule that this was something that I felt way before I was planning my own wedding. But my, this rule is never complain about attending weddings or going to a wedding ever. It is so, the temptation is there. Weddings are expensive, especially destination. Wedding season is expensive. If you're a multiple, it's a lot. Like I totally get it. I just think that it's really in bad taste. And I think that you either accept an invitation and are classy about it and go, or you decline and you, then there's nothing to complain about. But I just think that complaining about having yeah. to go to weddings is just, it's something that I heard a lot before I planned my own wedding. And mm-hmm. it made me really bummed out when I was planning my wedding because I felt like I had everyone's complaints about having to go to other weddings in my head. Yeah. So yeah, it's a personal it's definitely, rule I have. That was something that you shined a light on for me because I thought it was just like normal to complain all the time about weddings. But <laughs> You know, it you, can impact people. The day will come when you're planning your own and then suddenly all those voices will be in your head. And it's not good karma right. for your own wedding someday. And also a wedding is like basically a party that you get to go to, especially if it's not destination. It's just an elaborate free party. So complaining so about true. it is not in good taste. So true. Um, okay. I've got another rule. Okay, please. Um, write the damn card, Okay. I think that thoughtful texts are wonderful, but handwritten cards are just simply the best. Um, I couldn't agree more. I haven't written a a card and sent it out in years, but years. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I, I wrote handwritten thank you notes 
to people for coming to my wedding. I wrote, you know, I do that, but I haven't like sent a card in the mail randomly. Yeah. To like a, a long time. I'm talking about like a, like a birthday card or a Valentine's oh, Day card yeah. or an anniversary card. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Like, I just, yes. You know, I do not show up to a birthday gathering without a card. Yeah. Even if you don't live in the same place as someone, if this, this person's a close friend, like, and I'm not, I'm not perfect at this, but I have friends who are honestly better than me at it. And they write the hand, the, like a handwritten card and they'll like mail it to me. And I think that's a lovely thing. I will tell you that, um, one of our friends, we had a no gifts wedding, but our friends still, they brought a card and mm. it really was so sweet and yeah. meant a lot. Like, and it just was just to just to get that card, get that handwritten note. I also think that the act of writing a card really forces you to be present in like mm. what you're going to say to that person and really forces you to be thoughtful. Mm. Uh, not that Absolutely. writing a, not that writing a text can't be thoughtful, but I just think you can I don't know. There's something about being able to like quickly delete what you were gonna say and like, you know, do a bunch of drafts. Um that maybe takes you a little bit out of the presence of like, okay, no, I'm going to sit down and really think about what makes this person special and like fill a page with my like thoughts about them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think that it is, it is just a lost art. So everyone get out your ink and quill tonight if you can mm-hmm. and, you know, pen some words of affection to someone and post it in the mail and just feel the karmic rewards as they manifest. Please. Um, I have one last rule to, to send okay. us home if you if you want me okay. to share it. Please. Um, okay. This is my last rule. Um, women can use the word bitch, but men cannot. Oh, I like that rule. I think this is a good rule. Okay. Abs- I agree that's with all. it. That's, oh, there's no expounding. No, I mean, that's full stop. This is self-evident. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you there. I think this is true. I absolutely agree. I think that if you want to say that word as a woman, I certainly do enjoy, but there, it just doesn't come off great coming out of a man's mouth. Oh no. Mm-mm. No, it just, it's not a good look. I can say that word and I would be none too pleased if I did. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, I have a rule that I, we passed right through Chandler. I don't care if you're on a 22 hour flight to Zimbabwe. Okay. To Mozambique. There is absolutely no scenario or situation mm. that makes going. bare feet acceptable yeah. <laughs> on a plane. Absolutely. Bare socks. Sure, toe. you can take off your shoes and you can just have your socks on. I will allow socks that. Are fine. But bare feet on a plane, I do not want to see your toe hairs. It's frankly it's appalling. Disgusting. It's Airplanes are disgusting. disgusting. I have seen it so many times. Do you feel that- like you see it more in business or first class? No, because your actually feet are like hidden there. I was just mm. traumatized once when I saw someone's uh, someone someone he put put his feet in like the the he was <gasps> the, like had his pocket? body contorted the pocket of like the You're seat. Fucking kidding! He his whole row was empty, so he put his feet in the pocket <gasps> of like the uh, he was in a window. He put it in the aisle pocket, and it was just like so Lord gross to me. That is so yeah. gross. I've been scarred wow. ever since. So yeah, as you should be. Sorry that yeah. happened to you. I need to talk about it with my trauma counselor. I hope I can do an ayahuasca ceremony to expunge that memory from my brain. I, hope I, I don't even know if there is enough ayahuasca, you know, on God's green <laughs> earth to to help you process that. Thank you. Um, I ugh, airplane rolls are just that's a great that's another segment we could do mm. because there's quite a few. I do think. Um, you know, we, I was actually recently talking to some friends about, you know, mm-hmm. if you have to get up to pee on an mm. airplane, like how many times are you allowed to get up to pee on a, like every, you know, like, are you allowed on, let's say a four hour flight? How often are you allowed to get up to pee? No more than two, right? Oh, that's a tricky one. Cause I, this is why I choose aisle seats. I know. Are you in the aisle or right. no? Oh, well, you're talking about like this is a whole pl- like I think if you have an aisle yeah, seat, you I can guess, use the restroom yeah. as much as you'd like. Right. If you're, yeah. Right. 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 If you're middle or window, I think there's a. I think a limit. that you can get up once every hour and a half. Is is yeah. the most? I think that's the yeah. most that's acceptable. I think that if you know though that your bladder is that small, you better you get do. your ass in an aisle seat, which I mm-hmm. do. Which I do. Yeah. I make a yeah, point to that. I do. Yeah. Um. 
nothing is worse than trying to get over a sleeping person oh. to go use the restroom. I mean, it's a horrible feeling. It's a hellscape. I've got another plane rule. Okay. And I've broken this rule, but it's something I'm trying to reform okay. uh, myself about. Do not bring any pungent foods on a plane. Do Ew. not get the, don't get not. like the, like I just know one time I got like Mediterranean in the Salt Lake airport oh. and then proceeded to eat it within the first hour of my flight. And that wasn't fun for anyone. It was fun for me, but it wasn't fun for anyone else. And I still feel guilt about that to this day. I'm like, just going to eat- step further. Okay. Do not bring, I, it's fine if it's a cooler full of like, like snacks and cheeses. I don't care about that. If you have a small pouch, cool, cooler pouch, whatever. Not that I've ever even seen anyone do that. Yeah. I was do not say. bring any food from the airport fast food restaurants in a to-go container onto the flight. It's yeah. just gross. There's something it gross, gross about it. Because it's There's uncouth. no proper airflow. And, and you, you subject everyone to the fumes of your food. Like forever. The packaging is too large for that tiny mm-hmm. little tray. Correct. Correct. And so you're like encroaching on people's free space in some yeah. way, even if you're not. It just it feels intrusive. Just, um, we ask you to refrain on this podcast. We really ask you. Um, we're we're begging you. <laughs> um if you are in the aisle seat, do you have both armrests? Do you just have one? What's the policy there? Oh, I think that the armrests go to the person in the middle seat unless they're not using it. Yeah. yeah. But if that person shows any inclination to be using both armrests, they are that person's. Right. That person who is suffering through being sandwiched Mm -hmm. in. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, really? You think you're on the aisle or the window and you also deserve to sit like a king with both your elbows rested? That's (laughs) not what $700 round trip to Barcelona gets you, okay? No. Mm -mm, mm -mm, No. No. Yep. Okay. Let. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, it's great. It's great. I completely agree. I've got another one for you. I would would like you to rule on, judge. Okay. so the, uh, you know, the age old debate of can you lean your seat back or is it extremely oh. rude to lean your seat back? Because we discovered it within our own family. We have wildly different opinions about this. Yeah. And even honestly, yeah. within my own relationship, we have different mm. opinions. Mm. It's hard. This is a tough one. So I think that if the seat reclines and the person behind you can I think that if you're if you're sitting in front of the person who's in the last row on the plane they can't seat they cannot recline their own seat you know what it's a, there's a special place in hell for reclining your person your your seat onto that person if you're but, if, if so you're saying if you're in the second to last row like like in on the very back of the plane think twice before sure. you subject someone if the person behind you cannot do it think correct twice. but if now they can and, it's fair mm-hmm. game it's all fair game. That's exactly where my head is at. It's like, well, you also have this luxury. I'm not taking right. any time from you that you can't get back for yourself, you know, with your own uh, vertical space. It Behind- also, it's, it feels like, a, it feels like tipping in like all these random situations. It's like this thing, it's like either make the seats reclinable or not, but don't create this weird right. social rule exactly. we have to follow. Right. That's such a good take. Um, it's ex- that's exactly what it is. So one thing that Ben did that annoyed the shit out of me. Um, and, you know, I went to go to the bathroom one time on a flight. I had my seat reclined. I was sleeping, I think, or whatever. My seat was reclined. I got up to go to the bathroom. And he re-upped my seat while I was in the bathroom. Okay? No. Just make sure to make it a little nicer on the person behind me for the two minutes I was in the bathroom. Was he trying to, like... Was he trying end to be rude things? to you? Like end the relationship? Yeah, it was, literally, it was like, it was the most clear assault on me, on, you know, who I was, my character, my comfort. You know, it was like, you know what it, it really was? It was your needs don't matter. Yeah. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, I want to look good in front of this person mm-hmm, in the seat behind mm-hmm. us. This stranger. Yeah, I want to look like I want to like have like a look of apology on my face. Mm-hmm. I want them to think I'm not. You know, just so you know, I don't approve. Of I this don't know. That's literally it. Literally that. Like, just so and you know, like, like this. Is, she's on her own with they, this one. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm super with you. I'm I'm very much with you there. Is Kagan um, with you? Does I think Courtney had the opinion that it was rude. Um, I think Kagan 
no, Kagan always leans his seat back. So he's yeah. with us on this. Yeah. Um, so I actually think the majority of us are of the same mind. No, Courtney mm-hmm. doesn't think it's rude. Courtney does not think it's rude to lean your seat back. I thought that this Wyatt think it's rude. Somebody in our family or she maybe she just posted about it on her story and yeah. it was very 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, we pray that you're never on a flight with us because clearly, you know, we're still breaking our own rules. That's um, true. You know, we're just living and learning as we're going. Um, thank you for tuning into this, you know, spicy episode about our rules. Exactly. Um, if you like this podcast, give us a review on iTunes, five stars. We love it. Chandler, thank you so much for joining me. Enjoy everyone. Have a great week and we will see you next time. Bye. See you next time. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.